Hi, this is the Cancer Liberation Project podcast. If you've been touched by cancer and have some fear around remaining healthy, you are in the right place. As a 20-year-plus cancer survivor, Haley knows how unsettling it can be to not only hear the words, you have cancer, but also the uncertainty and fear that comes when you have been declared cancer-free. The Cancer Liberation Project was born out of Haley's desire to make cancer less scary for people, to give people hope that they can not only heal from cancer, but live their best, most vibrant life after cancer. Get ready to be inspired with your host, Haley Dubin. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Cancer Liberation Project. Today, I'm excited to share my conversation with Tara Coyote. She has been through a lot and has shown so much resilience to keep moving forward and grow from all her experiences. I know you'll be as inspired as I as you listen. Tara is the owner of a horse retreat center, Wind Horse Sanctuary, in Kauai, Hawaii, which was formerly located in Northern California. She is a certified equine facilitated learning teacher and a life coach. Over the years, she has guided hundreds of people with private sessions, group workshops, and grief rituals with horses. Tara's memoir, Grace, Grit, and Gratitude, A Cancer Thriver's Journey from Hospice to Full Recovery with the Healing Power of Horses, is a number one bestseller on Amazon in eight different categories. Her book is about overcoming adversity, a deep dive into the challenges that come from loss, her own harrowing health journey, and how her horses have played a significant role in her miraculous healing with cancer. I look forward to sharing my conversation with Tara, but before I do, just a reminder, head over to my website at revivewellness.com to get your free seven top tips to keep cancer away and feel confident in your body again. That's R-E-V-I-V-E wellness.com. Hi, Tara. Welcome to the Cancer Liberation Project. I'm so looking forward to talking to you today. Thank you so much for having me here. It's an honor. My pleasure. And first, I really just want you to share with everyone your journey. I know it's been quite the journey and, you know, just how you found the cancer and what you decided to do after you were diagnosed. Sure, sure. Yes, I have a bit of a long, complex story, and I'll try to condense it. Um, I was one of the main caretakers for my best friend, Deb, as she went through acute myeloid leukemia for 22 months. And sadly, she ended up dying at the age of 46. After she died, one year after she died, almost exactly to the day, uh, I was diagnosed with stage three breast cancer. And um, just to back up a little bit. The reason why I bring up my friend Deb is because I was in total caretaker mode for almost two years and severely neglecting my own self-care as everything was going to her because I loved her. She's my best friend. Um, and so I was pretty much ignoring the signs that my body was telling me, you know, I did have a lump in my breast, but I'd always had fibrocystic breasts and a lump that would be there now and then. So I wasn't really paying attention to it until around um, the summer of 2016 or so. I noticed that the lump was a little bit more prominent. It was getting painful. My partner I was with at the time, he noticed it too. And so I 
of course, scheduled time to get it looked at. It took months and months and months for that to happen with the quagmire with insurance. And so I was diagnosed in September 2016 with stage three breast cancer. It was estrogen positive. And um, I was given the normal protocol, surgery, radiation, chemo. But because of all the trauma around my best friend's death and the fact that I had spent months and months with her at the hospital, it was very painful. I was petrified to do any standard treatment so around that time, I heard about Dr. V, who is lovely and wrote the book, Heal Breast Cancer Naturally. And I decided to jump full in and her protocol and started coaching with one of her wonderful coaches. And I followed a natural protocol for two and a half years. Two and a half years. Yes. And then what went on for you? Yeah. And then, so I was running a horse retreat center in Northern California, Nevada city, where people would come and do equine facilitated learning work with me. It's basically therapeutic work with people with horses. And I love my work. I love my life, but a very stressful incident occurred in the spring of 2018. And I realized that I would probably have to sell my ranch and my business and everything. I worked so hard to build up. And so during that time, it was so stressful for about a a year consistently that the cancer spread to be stage four. It was in my, my lungs, my liver, my spine, my adrenal glands. And um, because I sold my ranch, I ended up moving back home to Kauai, Hawaii, where my dad is from and where I do live now. And um, in the winter of 2019, I was told that I had six months to live. And I believed it because I had so much cancer in my lungs. I could not hold a conversation. I had to sit up to sleep for two months. I was walking with a cane because my left hip was breaking. And so I, I saw my death approaching, you know, it was my body was definitely on its way out. And so I was given a choice, which was to face my worst fear, which was doing chemotherapy And I decided I wanted to live. I faced that fear and I ended up doing nine months of chemotherapy. In that time, my left hip broke and I did have to have emergency double hip surgery. I had to learn to walk again. It was uh, definitely very, very challenging, but I finished treatment with amazing results in February of 2020. And since then, the cancer continues to shrink. The tumors throughout my body continue to shrink and my blood has the healthy blood of a normal person. So yeah, it's been quite a journey and I'm so grateful to be alive. Oh, that is such good news that you're doing so well. And when you were doing the natural treatment for those two and a half years, were you feeling pretty good and all that? I was feeling great. Yeah. Yeah. I was feeling really well. And just to mention when I decided to do chemotherapy, I was still doing non-toxic natural treatment. Um, I, you know, did a combination of complementary medicine, which is doing allopathic or conventional treatment with the natural treatment. And I still continue to this day to take excellent care of my body. Cause I know how fragile my life could be. So, or my life span could be, I should say. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's so true. Once you have that diagnosis, you really look at your health in a different lens and you know, you constantly have to take care of yourself, right? Exactly. I know that's the same exact thing for me. 
Now, what kind of natural therapies did you do during chemo? Just out of curiosity, because I know people get really nervous. Like, oh, my oncologist doesn't want me to do any of that stuff. And what do I do? Right, right. Yep. I know that's a big topic. I actually made, I have a YouTube channel. It's at Tara Coyote. And I made a 30 minute video sharing everything I did during chemo. Um, I can give you that link if you want. But basically what I did um, because I was going through chemotherapy and obviously I couldn't do everything I did before because a lot of times I was nauseous or I couldn't eat. Um, I used a lot of supplements called uh, Life Plus, which it was a, a brand another person recommended to me. It, there's a whole protocol. It's on my website too, under Tara's healing protocol. Um, so I did that. It was basically shakes and some vitamins that I could tolerate with chemotherapy, especially the two months of AC that I did that was very difficult. Um, I also kept up with vitamin and mineral infusions, IVs. I would do them once or twice a week, and I still continue to do that. Uh, I did a regimen and I still do now of medical cannabis that was prescribed to me, just basically tinctures, CBD, CBDA, CBG. And uh, I did some other things here and there, other supplements, you know, vitamin D, vitamin K, some of the very important vitamins when you're going through cancer treatment. So I basically just did what I could and I pared down a lot that I couldn't do because I could only put so much in my body. Right. And so your oncologist approved of all this or did you kind of just do what you felt from your learning? I just did what felt right. I had a pretty open-minded oncologist then. And, you know, at that point I had been journeying with cancer for a while and known a lot of people. And I know oncologists, they tend to say, no, don't do anything else. But I had seen so many people not do well doing the natural protocol. So I just took it on my own. I'm like, I'm just going to do this. You know, I, my body needs to keep my immune system strong as it's being knocked down by chemo. So I just, it's kind of my style. I just go ahead. I'm like, I'm going to do this and we'll see how it goes. So that's what I did. Good for you. But I, like I said, I had a very open-minded oncologist too. So that was a blessing. That is definitely a blessing. And so I wanted to ask you how you changed your mindset from, you know, going, doing all natural to knowing, okay, I have to do this chemo. I saw my best friend really suffer with it. What did you, what did that take? It was really hard, especially because I was the poster child for all natural treatment. I mean, I had been doing interviews and blogging and making videos about how I'm healing cancer naturally. So it, I had to really get humble because also like, I'm going to do the thing that I talked about publicly that would kill people. I am doing chemo. So I really had to switch my mindset because hundreds and hundreds of people were already following my journey. Uh, so I actually worked with a dear friend, Bethany Webb, doing the work of Byron Katie, which is four questions to question your thoughts. And I had to turn around this immense fear and trauma about doing chemotherapy, thinking it was poison to switching my mindset to thinking this is healing nectar that will heal me. And I also had to work through a lot of trauma about being with my best friend because literally I was with her in the hospital 
a few times where there was like a code blue incident and I was only one with her and she almost died. So it was terrifying for me to even walk into a cancer center at a hospital. So yeah, I had to do a lot of inner work. I mean, I had that question about trauma and, and how you people deal with trauma because it's such a big part of the healing journey. And I think a lot of people don't realize that your emotions are stored in your body. And so what did you do to deal with that, those traumas? Yeah, that's such a big question. I mean, exactly that trauma gets stored in your body and you have to feel it and release it. So that's what I did. I, I got support from therapists, from my friend, Bethany Webb, I told you about, and I just really allowed myself to feel the trauma of being with my best friend, Deb. And of course, there's so many layers, right? All of us, I mean, not all of us, but most of us are walking around with trauma from our childhood and past experiences. So I allowed myself to just feel it, feel the fear or the rage or the sadness. And as I was going through chemotherapy, especially the big guns, which was AC, like it brought up a lot of fear. And I just had to just surrender into it and trust that these dark shadows were actually healing me, which they were, but it definitely was a lot of hard work and required a lot of surrender and trust. Mm, I love that. You know, I just think that a lot of people don't realize what it takes to get, I don't want to say get over something like this, but you were on death's door basically. And you really had to, to change everything, change your mindset work with those emotions. Yep. And yeah, so kudos to you. And I know you wrote a book called Grace, Grit and Gratitude. I did. And I just wanted to know what are some pearls of wisdom in the book that you'd want to share with the audience? Happy to share. Yes. Uh, some of the pearls wisdom would be that I feel like all of the challenges that happen to us are here to support our highest growth. You know, whatever it may be, a car accident, a breakup, you know, cancer, another health institute, like all these things happen to really push us to a higher level of growth. And the more we can surrender into it and embrace it, the easier it will be. And that's what happens with me. I mean, there's been so many challenges, <laughs> continuing challenges in my life. And I, I have to hold the faith and it, it's tricky, but just to hold like, okay, something beautiful will come out of this. I will grow from this. And also I would just share with people that you are so much stronger that you think you are. I think we have tremendous strength and capacity to face difficult times and Often we don't see that capacity. So I, I had to really dig into that strength during my treatment time and going through any rough circumstance. And I had broken my hip and I was stuck in bed and learning to walk. My partner and I just split up two weeks after I broke my hip. We were together for four years and that was horrible. It was so horrible, but I had to laugh and find the humor and be like, okay, something good will come out of it. And it did. It did. So, right. I, I hold that faith that the hard things are really here to serve us if we can surrender to it. That's so beautiful and such an important message. And I've heard you talk about your horses and I know you have horses in Hawaii and 
they helped you heal, right? I would love to hear a little bit about that. Sure. And how horses help with that. Yes. The name of my book is Grace, Grit, and Gratitude, A Cancer Thriver's Journey from Hospice to Full Recovery with the Healing Power of Horses. So horses are very prominent in my life. You can see pictures of horses all over my yurt where I live. And um, I did have four horses when I ran my horse retreat center in Northern California. Now I just have two because they're very challenging to bring across the ocean. To describe how they are healing forces a little bit difficult, but I would say they have a very calming, loving presence to them and they're extremely reflective. So us humans were taught to suppress our emotions in general. We already spoke about that a little bit about the importance of feeling emotions. So when you get around a horse, it's quite magical where suppressed emotions, whether it be anger or frustration or grief, it can kind of come out from being around a horse. And people say, well, why does that happen? How does that happen? I like to think that horses have tremendously big hearts. And there's this whole concept of that the heart is actually more powerful than our brain. We're taught to rely on our mind and our brain and our Western civilization, but the heart is actually much more powerful in an energetic sort of way. So horses have huge hearts. So it gets into sort of a woo-woo territory here, but they can be tremendously therapeutic. You know, horses are used with veterans, they're used with autistic kids, with people with trauma. So if you haven't experienced it and you're curious, I recommend you go find somebody who works in a therapeutic manner with horses or equine facilitated learning, or there's so many different modalities now a person can tap into. That's amazing. I actually grew up with horses and I was always afraid of them. My dad had a horse two horses and I would ride them because he would make me basically, he would say, you know, don't be afraid. You got to try it. You got to try it. And I always did. And for some reason, when I was younger, I was fearful. And then recently I went with some friends riding and I loved it. It was just amazing. And I, I could see, my dad would always tell me they feel what you're feeling. So if you're scared, they're going to react to that. Yes. So, you know, it, it kind of goes with what you're saying, you know, they have big hearts and they, they can feel you. They know what you're feeling. Yeah. They're very, very sensitive creatures. They, they can be uh, quite daunting to people, like you said, cause they're so huge, but they're just these gentle giants. I mean, some horses aren't gentle, but they're extremely sensitive beings and they hold a lot of power for healing. So I'm glad you had a good time riding. That's great. <laughs> yeah. And so I wanted to ask you about Hawaii a little bit. You decided to move there. And it, I mean, to me, I have never been there and I can't wait to go one day, but it just seems so beautiful and the people seem so happy. And I mean, is that what it's like in nature? I mean, you're surrounded by nature and beautiful surroundings. So Definitely. Yeah. It's a very, very healing, powerful place. I live on Kauai, which is called the garden Island. And you can probably hear the roosters in the background. They're, they're everywhere. It's my constant background noise. There's a word in Hawaiian means mana or power. There's a lot of mana on the Hawaiian islands and each island is a little bit different. Um, I'm very fortunate. My 
family from my dad's side is from Kauai. So I have ancestral lineage going back to the 1870s here, Portuguese lineage. And um, I've lived here many times in my life. I spent a lot of my childhood here. So when I wasn't doing well health-wise, it was sort of a no-brainer of like, okay, I need to go back home to heal. And I feel like a lot of why I'm doing so well is because I'm here. It's such a powerful place with so much nature. I live close to the earth and off the grid yurt with my animals. And um, it's a very simple lifestyle. And I think people generally are happier here. I mean, it's not like it's perfect. There's issues everywhere, but it's easier to tap into the power of nature here. And I firmly believe that nature is so healing. Yeah, I agree. Yes to all you said. Yes, yes. And that was my question. I figured that's why you decided to go there so you could really heal. And and what a great decision it was. And I'm so glad you're doing so well. And before we get to random round, I just wanted to ask you, you know, what would be your best advice for someone that just got diagnosed with cancer, but also when they're in their healing journey when, you know, maybe they're in your situation where they they're doing great, but they're still, they're still healing. Yeah. I would recommend to people to really take the time they need for their own self-care and healing. A lot of times as women and those of us going through breast cancer, breast cancer is a dis-ease of caregivers, right? Where the breasts represent the mother and caring. And we tend to be caregivers and I definitely fall into that category. So cancer and any sort of cancer, but specifically he's talking about breast cancer, it can be a tremendous opportunity to finally put yourself first. You know, like I said, I took care of my best friend when she was sick and I don't regret it. It was so powerful. But when I was diagnosed, it was like, oh my gosh, Tara, I need to put myself first. And it's challenging. I mean, even now my parents have been sick and not doing well. And I, I have to struggle with that line of, okay, I need to take care of myself first because my life is on the line too. So I would recommend people on this journey to take this opportunity to find that self-care and that self-love that they deserve because you do deserve to give to yourself the same amount or more that you give to others. Yes. And it's about setting boundaries, right? Because just like you said, your your parents has, have been sick and you need to be there for them, but yet you can't consume everything, every minute, every thought about it because it's not healthy for you. Exactly. Exactly. It's a very fine line. It's, you know, like, where do I start? You begin. And when do I pull back to take care of me? And, and also to look at toxic relationships too. Like what relationships aren't serving you? Is there some person that you feel conflicted feelings being around? Like I mentioned, my partner and I broke up when I was going through chemo, which was very difficult, but it ended up being healing because I realized there was things about that relationship that ultimately weren't serving me. So to really examine that and know you deserve to be around people who treat you well and like a goddess. Oh, I love that. Like a goddess. (laughs) Yes, you are a goddess. (laughs) Yes. Oh, well, this was so valuable. And I so appreciate you you sharing your story. I know you've 
it's been quite the journey and you're helping so many people by, by sharing the story. Um, so are you ready for random round? I am. I loved your questions. Oh, good. So fill in the blank. Freedom to you is. Yeah. Brilliant question. It goes into the self-care piece. Freedom to me is to be able to fill my own metaphorical cup. Um, There is a phrase in Hawaiian here that a dear Hawaiian friend of mine taught me called aloha ma, which is self-reflective love. So it's basically goes into self-care, self-love. So to know that I'm worthy of my own self-care. So freedom to me is to be able to make my own choices and say, you know what? I don't really want to be with this person today. I want to read a book. So to really make my own autonomous, sovereign choices. The last show you binged and loved. (laughs) Uh, So my mother died four months ago and she died in November and December was a very hard month because she had just died and it was leading up to Christmas. And so I binged Schitt's Creek, which was a show that I normally probably would not watch, but it was just so goofy and funny and sweet that I just loved it. I would just sit with my bowl of popcorn and it really helped me survive Christmas. <laughs> oh, I mean, laughing is just the best medicine, isn't it? It really is. And again, I'm so sorry about your mom that it had to be such a big loss. Thank you. When you're feeling afraid, what do you do? I go within. I love writing. So I tend to write because that helps me express my emotions. I'll reach out for help and support, whether it be a friend or therapist. I'll spend time in nature. Nature is incredibly healing. I'll, I'll just be with my animals. I have three cats and a dog and two horses. So yeah, I just, I just take that time to go within and, and look at, okay, what's this about? Is it real? So I do the inner work. I try to. <laughs> If you could have a one hour discussion with someone past or present, who would it be and why? These are such great questions that really stimulate, oh, what, who am I and what would I want? So I would choose to be, to meet and spend time with Anais Nin. She was a writer. Um, she died in the seventies, but she was, became popular for her journals that she wrote in the thirties and forties. Uh, very beautiful, prolific writer who inspired me quite deeply when I was a teenager, late teen. And I, I love her writing, so artistic. And um, yeah, I would, I would love to meet her. What is your favorite go-to snack? Well, I live in Hawaii, so I would say macadamia nut. <laughs> What's one simple thing that brings you joy? It would be dance. I love to dance and I've always loved to dance since I was a child. So that's a great healing force for me. And what is on your nightstand? Yes. Now you're getting personal. (laughs) All right. So I would have lip balm. I have water, a candle. I have a large stack of books ranging from horses to self-care or uh, self-help, I should say, or fiction many, many books and, and a crystal or two. What is your favorite form of exercise? I'd go back to dancing again. What's one thing you're really grateful for in your life right now? 
I would say the fact that I'm alive, you know, I've been to hell and back. I've almost died and I just had another birthday. So yeah, it's, it's such a blessing and gift to be alive. Oh, happy birthday. Simple joy of waking up. Thank you. Thank you so much. And you are glowing and you look beautiful. I know people aren't going to really see you, but I just needed to mention that you're definitely thriving. Thank you. Where can people find out more about you? I know you mentioned your website. Maybe you could just say it again. Sure. Yeah. I have a website. It's cancer warriors, W A R R I O R E S S. It has links to all my social media channels. It has videos and interviews, has my blogs. I have resource pages on there. It's quite extensive. And um, I also am on Facebook. It's Tara Coyote's Healing Journey. Also, my main uh, social media outlet is my Instagram page at Tara Coyote. And then also, like I said, I have a YouTube page at Tara Coyote. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Tara. This time went way too fast. I so enjoyed it. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it too. Mahalo. That's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe. Doing so will really help this podcast get noticed and will help us to inspire more people. And remember, the sky is the limit when you take your power back when it comes to your health.